Hey guys, Pastor Ben. Thank you for joining us here on FCC Online. We are truly thankful and appreciate you taking the time to watch and listen to our messages. One thing that I do want to encourage you to do is as you're watching these, please don't allow these to be your primary resource in your spiritual journey and your walk with Jesus. Keep these as a supplement to what you do on a weekly basis from the gathering, uh, being connected, being part of a life of a local church body. We want these to bless you. We want these messages and these videos to help you grow in your relationship with Christ. But please do not allow these to replace anything that you have to do with a local church body. He's got the whole world. I like that song. You know, we learn that as kids. We continue to kind of sing that. If you've got a church history, you know, we, we learn that. And, and I'm, I'm kind of here to burst a little bit of a bubble. That song's not accurate. I mean, it is, but it isn't completely. Because he's got way more than just the whole world in his hands. Right? Like, he's got everything. Like, the whole world, like, right on the end of his finger kind of thing. It's not just like the world taking up his hand. It's everything. You know, we've got a couple satellites out in space that are taking images. You know, back in the early 90s, it was the Hubble telescope. Uh, here recent, more recently, it's been the Webb satellite telescope taking pictures and, and receiving images. Uh, you know, for the, for the Webb, some of the first ones that received back, they, science claims and is stating that it is seeing 13.5 billion years into the past. Now, now listen, we can, we can talk about the, the creation theory about if it was a literal seven days, if it was a figurative seven days, whatever. I'm, that's not the discussion I'm wanting to have here. The thing that I want us to understand is that however far in the past or however recent in this nearer term that it has been, when you get to the origin of creation of all things, not just the earth, not just mankind, but everything, we find the one in whom we place our faith. And it's today that we are going to talk about being in his hand. Can I submit a thought to you that there is no way that we can overstate or exaggerate how big God is? Like, think of the biggest thing you could possibly think of, he's bigger than that. Far bigger than that. Far more expansive than that. Far more glorious than that. Far more majestic than that. That is the God that we serve. Yes, he does indeed have the whole world in his hand, but he's got so much more than that. And that is whom we place our faith and our trust in. And that's what we're looking at in Hebrews chapter 11 here. So if that's where we're going to be going out of today. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to read verses 4 through 7. Last week, we talked a little bit about the foundation of faith. For the first three uh, you know, verses of this chapter, we talked about some practical outplaying. Some of these things that we've not seen but yet we're hoping for the promises of God, these things in our life, whether it be now in our present day or in the future. 
in this life or the life to come. That's what we talked about last week. This week, I want us to look at what it means to practically be in His hands through our faith. So Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to be reading verses 4 through 7 today. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts, and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear constructed an ark. For the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Quick word of prayer this morning. Father, I pray that as we have just read your word, that you would allow this truth of your word to settle into our hearts and our lives. Holy Spirit, I pray that you open our minds open our ears open us to receive the truth from your word father i pray that your holy spirit would speak through me that i would be concise that i would be simple and that i would say everything that you would want me to say and not say anything more it's in jesus name i pray amen so we see three biblical characters. And I said last week that the temptation is, is to go through Hebrews chapter 11 and exposit like all of the stories, right, of all of these men and women. And I'm not going to do that. I promise you I'm not going to do that. Ben, you are not going to do that. I'm not doing it. But I've got to tell you about these three. So we see Abel, we see Enoch, and we see Noah. We see three very different outcomes of their lives, don't we? Like we see Abel. Abel was faithful to God. He offered to God the best sacrifice that he could. And and how did he pay for it? He paid for it with his life, right? Because of the jealousy of his brother. So he was faithful to God. He pleased God. And he, he, he was murdered. Enoch said that Enoch pleased God, that he walked with God, and he pleased God, and then, boop, Enoch was gone. They don't know where he went, for God took him. People look for him. So Enoch was translated somehow from here to there. That was his ending and his reward for being faithful. Noah saved himself and his family from the impending judgment of God. Three biblical characters, all said to have pleased God by their faith. And the interesting part about this is when we go back and we read the stories of these three characters back in Genesis, you will never once, to my knowledge anyhow, see the word faith mentioned in there. But it's said that they pleased God because of their faith. 
Now, last week I introduced to you three things, like three areas of faith, um, and that's found in verse 6. And again, let me read this. It says, And without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So this is the pivotal verse right here in the whole chapter, in my opinion, of Hebrews chapter 11. It's like, it is impossible to please God without faith. And we see that there's three areas here where verse 6 talks to. It says, like, in relation to God, we come to, we believe he is, and we trust in God. Now, these three areas is kind of where I want to focus in on today, talking about pleasing God, because that's, that's what it's about. We need to please God. That's what this life really is all about. Our relationship with God is about pleasing Him. But there's three areas here. This come to, believe He is, and trust in God. I believe these are reflective of three different time areas in our lives. And I believe that faith has to lead in each of these three areas. That firm foundation, that rock on which we stand, has to be evident, has to be a part of each of these three areas. And those three areas are your past, your present, and your future. That you come to him in faith, trusting, believing that your past does not disqualify you in order to be received by the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I don't think it would be much of a stretch for me to say that in this place today, there are multiple people in here who struggle with your past. Things that you've done, words that you've spoken, actions that you've taken, or words that you've not spoken, actions that you've not taken, things that you haven't done. We are all haunted by areas of our past. And sometimes that becomes so strong and has such a gravity and weight in our lives that we begin to fall into doubt, which is kind of the opposite of faith. And we begin to think, has he really forgiven me for that? Anyone? Like, has he really forgiven me for that? Because I was terrible. Like, I was the worst. Like, I know that Paul said that he was the chief of all sinners, but I'm pretty sure I was in close second. We struggle, don't we? With this doubt, when we look back, because hindsight is 2020, and as a kid growing here's just another glimpse into my mind. As a kid growing up, I thought that that meant that whenever you, uh, you know, got to the age of 40, you would know everything about what you did in your past. I didn't equate it to the vision thing. I thought 20 plus 20 is 40. Well, I got to 40, and I was still as dumb as what I ever was. So I had to, yeah, easy now, easy now. <laughs> Peanut gallery over here. But we look back and we see those shoulda, woulda, couldas. Or 
Why did I do this? Why did I act this way? Why did I say that? Why did I treat this person this way? What if I would have done this? And see, what we begin to do is we allow the voice of our enemy to come in and go, you know what? I know what God's word says, and I know what the preachers told you, and I know what you've you know, given voice to. I know what you've sang about your whole life. I know what the people around you have told you about God, but maybe you're the exception. Maybe you're the exception. You know that firm foundation? That rock of Jesus Christ? One of the most critical elements of that foundation is standing on His Word. The truth that's found in His Word. A couple of scriptures as we're kind of dissecting our past here. Verse 6, Isaiah 43, verse 25. If we need remembered, if you're here this morning, you're struggling with sins of your past and falling into doubt and disbelief and and worried that God may not be quite as faithful as you thought he would be in your past. I, I am he who blots out your transgressions. Not is blotting out, blots out your transgressions for my own sake and I will not remember your sins. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, it says, I have been, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. If you're here this morning and you struggle with your past and constantly lead you into doubt and to terms of where you feel like you're disqualified, but you are in Christ Jesus. Go ahead and let the enemy take you into your past all he wants because those who are in Christ Jesus, our past stops at the foot of the cross of Calvary. That's good. That's good because if you are in Christ, if you are redeemed, purchased, bought by the blood of the Lamb, repentant, baptized, seeking the face of God. Your history, your past begins at the foot of a bloody cross where the price for your sins was paid. Everything else wiped clean, made new, starting afresh. So you go ahead and let the devil take you back into your past because it's a reminder of his ultimate defeat. Amen, Ben. Good stuff. Keep preaching. All right. (laughs) Praise God. So God is faithful in our past. Amen? So over our past, he is faithful. So now into our present where we believe he is. So we've come to, now we're going to believe that he is. Because in verse 6, that you draw near to God, you must believe that he exists, right? So if you're here and your greatest area of struggle in your faith is in the here and now, like, do you all have trouble in your life? Okay, like three? Okay, I got a, okay, all right, good, thank you. I was going to say, because somebody else needs to come up here if that's the case. <laughs> I've got a lot of troubles and struggles in my life. Like present day, like it wasn't just yesterday, right? Like I woke up to some this morning. 
to some troubles, to some hardships, to some trials, to some things going on. And sometimes the things that we face in this present time challenge our faith, begin to cause us to doubt, maybe allow a little bit of this disqualifying thought sneak back into our minds yet again of like, hey, if I was really following Christ, if I was really in Christ, then maybe, maybe I wouldn't be facing this. Any, anybody ever have that? So if your faith is being challenged in your present today, I would encourage you to go back to Jeremiah 17, verses 7 and 8. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. It, its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Do you see the present tense writing in that passage? It's like we are blessed because we're trusting in him we're confident in him we are like a tree planted by the water so when we begin to look at this coming into the present day this is one of the passages to keep in your quiver of arrows of weapons to fight the enemy with the next one is out of the book of psalms verse 46 God is our refuge and strength. It's not that God was, or he used to be, or that he will be. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Therefore, we will not fear. So, God's calling us to faith in our present. Now, here's the last one, the trusting in. Okay, we've come to him in our past. We've learned that we have to have faith in God in our past, in our failures, in the disappointments, in the hurts, in the sorrows of our past. We believe that he is, that he currently is, and we entrust him with what's happening in our lives today, in this moment, in the sorrows we face, in the pain that we are going to have to endeavor and navigate through today. And then we believe Him with our future also when we trust in God. The book of Proverbs says this, chapter 3, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. He will provide the direction for you. He will open up in front of you the path that he wants you to take. I know that I'm surrounded by some people in here that you faced days that you didn't know if you were going to make it to tomorrow. You may be facing a day like that today. You don't know if Monday is going to happen for you. Like that is how much that's coming against you. That's how much distress and despair you may be feeling. 
Because I think if I'm stepping out on the proper size limb here, I believe that I could say that all of us have faced that type of time in our past, in our lives. That we don't know if we're going to, we don't know, number one, what tomorrow holds. We don't even know if we're going to make it to tomorrow because the sorrow, the weight, and the despair is so heavy. And we look here in Proverbs chapter 3, and we're seeing this trust in the Lord with all your hearts. Don't lean on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. Trust in God with your future. The book of Romans, chapter 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Church, as believers in Jesus Christ, we do not face this life trying to obtain victory for ourselves. As believers in Jesus Christ, we face this life in a way in which enforces the victory that he has already established in our hearts. The victory for the believers in Jesus Christ took place thousands of years ago when he said, it is finished. When they placed him in that tomb, when he rose on that third day, when he ascended into heaven, when those things happened, that is when the ultimate death blow to the enemy, but yet the ultimate victory for the believer was sealed. And you and I, we can't do anything to add to that victory. If I try to fight to obtain victory in my life, I'm going to be defeated each and every time. If you're fighting to try to obtain victory in your life as a believer, you are going to be defeated each and every time. But when we stand on the victory of the solid rock of Jesus Christ, the one which came, died for us, forgiver of our sins, redeemer of our souls, alpha and omega, beginning and end, when we stand on his victory, that is when our life becomes victorious. Because we are are hoping our hope is abounding and we are standing in faith secure for Jesus Christ so that is it is to please God but what else what's the reason for this why does God put so much of a value why is he so pleased by the faith of his children Faith in the past, faith in the present, faith in the future, faith in our lives, period. Why is he so pleased by that? It's because it's for his glory. It's because when we live a faithful life, when we believe him over our past, when we believe him over our present, when we believe him with our future, then we bring glory to God. Romans 1.5 says this out of the New Living Translation, through Christ, God has given us the privilege and authority as apostles to tell Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them so that they will believe or have faith and obey him, bringing glory to his name. You see, faith in the life of a believer is the foundation upon which Jesus wants us establishing our relationship with him.
Because the faith, our hope is rooted in our faith. And here's kind of how I want to talk to you practically about our faith this morning. What does that look like? What can we kind of see that's taking place? I believe that there are three elements to our faith. Okay? Knowledge, accepting, and practicing. You have to have knowledge of God. You have to have something. If you didn't, if you didn't catch that insinuation, this is the something. Amen. Right? This is the Word of God. This is where we learn about God, His character, His ways, His counsel, His Son, His Spirit, our brothers and sisters, our relationships that we're to have. This is where our faith begins to sink in here. And make no mistake, make no mistake, faith has to be processed through here. Okay? I'm trying to figure out a way to word this without going back to a retro hairband song but there's no other way to say it that sounds better. But faith is more than a feeling. And it's, that high note should be hitting in every one of your all's heads right now. But it's got to be more than We have to have a knowledge of it. There has to be, there has to be this acknowledgement that, yes, this is faith. And then we move to the accepting of it. That's when we begin to move from just knowing about it to going, yes, I believe that. Yes, I'm accepting that as truth. Because listen, you can memorize this whole thing cover to cover, but if you don't have the faith that's accepting of saying, I believe this, then it's just ink on paper to you. If it's apart from the illumination of the Holy Spirit, it's words on a page. But whenever that acceptance come in and say that this is the Word of God, what I learned from it, the knowledge that I gained from this, the things that the Holy Spirit reveals to me, illuminates to me, makes come alive to me in this Word, I accept that. That's when that faith becomes a greater reality in your life. But then there's another step to that because even the demons believe and tremble, right? So we got to go beyond believing. We got to go beyond knowing. We got to go beyond believing. And then we have to get into the practicing thereof. Let me use this illustration to kind of close things out today. These three steps knowing, accepting, and practicing faith. I'm going to tell you that for this purpose, faith is like a life ring on a boat. If you're out at sea, you're caught in the midst of a storm, and for some reason you go overboard, knowledge of faith of the life ring would be to look at the boat and go, I believe that can save me. I believe in that life ring. Glory, hallelujah. You know, my mama told me about life rings. She used to pray that I would figure out this life ring thing every night. And now I understand, I've come to the knowledge that a life ring 
can save me. How's that going to work out for you? You're going to go down gurgling, I believe. You know, it's like it's, it's not going to do you any good. Okay? So the knowledge of that life ring is that that can help. The accepting part of it is when you actually have that life ring thrown out to you and it lands near you. Now, if I just accept it as truth, I'm still just looking at it going, it's a life ring. Thank you, Lord. My deliverance draweth nigh. There's the life ring. If I don't reach out and grab a hold of that thing, I'm going to go down still pointing at it as I see it on the surface. I acknowledge that it's what I need to be saved, to be rescued. I accept that when it comes near to me, that's the next step. That's what I need right there. But it's only when we're willing to take a hold of that life ring, put it over us, and begin to put into practice what we know and what we believe, at that point, then the life ring begins to rescue us. Folks, knowing about faith is not enough to save you. Believing in faith is not enough to save you. It is when we take that knowledge and that knowing and we begin to apply it to our lives and we begin to live out each and every day that not my past nor my present nor my future can disqualify me when I am in Christ Jesus. I'm walking in faith, saying that I'm victorious over my past because of him. I'm walking by faith, knowing that what I'm walking through in my present will not defeat me because I'm in him. And that there is nothing in my future that's going to cause me to be separated from him. I'm putting that faith on me. And that is the faith that pleases God because it brings glory to his name when you and I acknowledge, accept, and put into practice the faith that we learn about in here and that we receive from him. Amen? Amen. I want to ask the praise team if they would to come back and join me this morning. So what area of your life may you be struggling with the most? If you're in here and you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, if you've not surrendered your life to Him, given your heart to Him, responded to that call on your life, you may know about Him. You may even acknowledge Him. But it's going to require you putting something on. It's going to require a response to Him. And guess what? That past that you're worried about getting right before you come to Him, you're never going to get right enough. You're never going to get right enough. Believers in here, what areas are you struggling with? Are you struggling in past, present, or future? Is doubt consuming you? Is the enemy taking a foothold in your life by trying to pull yourself and your faith away from Jesus Christ? That's not pleasing to God. Nor does it bring glory to His name. And that's what we see in these passages today. That God wants us to know about him he wants us to accept him and then he wants us to put that into practice this morning